This week on the reverse stick, Belgian World Cup star Felix de Neuer lifts the lid on naked hockey and all those silver medals. Played for the Belgians, you know. Greetings and welcome to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is John Lee. Matt Allen is sitting across for me, and Matt, I said it correctly for no, the first time. No, I, ever, didn't yeah, I? you did, but I was convinced that you were going to go for a take two after the first two words <laughs> that were kind of stuntedly um, came out. No, but good on you. you, you stunt- no, you carried on. You went for it. That's Brilliant. it. That's, that's the performance. Tenacity. Yeah, that's what you need. That's what makes a champion, John. That's what I do when I stuff up a cord, Matt. Keep ploughing on. That's it. You've got to keep going and going and going. Um, much like the story of our feature guest in an interview this week. He keeps ploughing on. At episode 184 of The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Thank you, dear listener, for choosing to download this episode and listen in to the hashtag GlowHopo. That's the global hockey podcast for the older members of the audience. And apologies to uh, any listeners out there at the moment that have been forced to listen to our podcast because the bloke driving or lady to the game is uh, listening to us and they're being forced to listen, which is very good for the person who's forcing their teammates. That's to right. Tell your mates or, if you yeah. can't, lock them in the vehicle cool. with you. That's it. Put on the reverse stick and say, sorry, the, oh, the stereo's broken maybe. I don't know. Apparently we're very popular in North Korea and Russia. We can't get the stats, can we? Unfortunately, no, we it's can't. word of mouth. It's well, word of mouth yeah, only. Yeah, yeah. No, they just put people in those little tiny rooms and force them to listen to our podcast. Have you had any kind? No, over again. Have you had any kind of hockey week this week, John? Uh, no, I'm not hockey at the moment, Matt. You'd be aware. You're of that. off season. No, apart from the podcast. No, there's still the injury front, Matt. I'm well, I've invited you for a game. Foot. I've invited you for a game. Uh, the last game of Fast Fives for next week. Are we likely to see you? Uh, yeah, I'll, I should come down for a run just to test it, but yeah. it might be a very short. Okay, number six in the fives team. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that's number seven or eight would be better. Well, well, it'd be good if we had six in fives, wouldn't it? It would. And we. Do, oh, I'm supposed to go news, aren't I? I played the wrong one. Oh, too late now. That's news. There we go. We haven't got a lot of news. We got excited about speaking to Felix and what a great <laughs> chat we have coming up for you. And we had another chat as well. Uh, and of course, we've done a special extra podcast episode, the Reverse Dick X, X. Left Field Thinking podcast. Is we, that versus or feet? It's X, but it should be a Vers. V. It should be a V, but v it's quite modern. To the, maybe I'll do a modern graphic for that release. That's going to be a special bonus episode that will probably come out just after Glow-ho the weekend. X. So apologies. Apologies, uh, if some of the info in there related to some activities has already happened a couple of days ago, um, that's how we roll. We really wanted to get this Felix interview yeah. out for you. Great stuff happening and ahead. Uh, news, yes, MHL, Malaysian mm. Hockey League, that's back underway. It is. We've got GB versus Ireland in the women's games, I think four over uh, the weekend through till Tuesday. Do go to left field thinking Podcast, oh, leftfieldthinking.com, I think. Oh, geez, probably should have uh, remembered Google that. Left Field, Field Thinking, thinking. Podcast. And, yeah. Put the podcast bit and, on, and, yeah. And link through there because there's some really exciting stuff happening uh, with um, some conversations on Clubhouse and on Zoom live alongside uh, those GB versus Ireland games. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the Left Field Thinking one about coming up for the games with Keely. Yeah. Keely Dunn from FH Umpires. What a good idea, having this commentary that sits outside of the commentary, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, good article in Inside the Games this week with regard to the headline being Cost for Renovating Historic Olympic Venue Stade de Colombe for Hockey at Paris 2024 rises to 80 million, million euros. Okay, can we just put a big stop to outrage or or surprise over this story because every Olympic venue ever, I would suggest, <laughs> has had an overrun somewhere or other. We saw it in Australia. We see it in lots of different countries. It, how many projects around the world come in 
under budget on time. Some do, and well done to those people that do them. These projects will probably come in on time, maybe not under budget. It's not surprising that a large infrastructure project comes in over budget. It's amazing how they get away with it time after time, isn't it, John? Well, it happens. And, you know, there's there's things reflected and notes reflected in budgets generally that assume certain costs for certain things that may change with time. And you know how that industry works, Matt. There's some great games, a tournament happening uh, in Bengal at yep. the moment. Follow Hockey Bengal on Facebook and have a look. There are some live stream games popping up on grass, John. On grass. Great. And the grass looks fantastic. It does. You can still play attractive and entertaining hockey on grass. I hear a whisper. Well, not really a whisper. Somebody tweeted it. That the uh, report has been handed over to Hockey Australia from the independent inquiry. It has. So potentially we could be hearing something uh, fairly soon. I did note that our mate Flano Uh uh, did tweet during the week that what's going on and there was comments under the tweet about what are they doing isn't it what's happening no that was the best that was the best thing the the bottom uh, response that I saw because I did retweet that Um, do follow us on the socials at Twitter Facebook and Instagram all at the reverse and Flanner and Flanagan yes you got maybe there's a number of course look at our tweets there is a number look at at it (laughs) yes yes, there is look at our tweets and uh, you'll follow a link through to her account there. Um, point being, the the the, the bottom uh, res- um, response was a guy saying, "What's happened?" And I was the story of our sport. I was going to jump on. I was going to jump on. They're like, "No, no. can just leave that." Shush. It's Twitter. Shush. It's Twitter. Just leave it. Yeah. Um, what's great to see, John, is there's lots of hockey seems to be. Starting up again. Now, it's, it's been a bit tough um, in some areas in Europe well, where some... the seasons have been finished, but there's lots of things starting to bubble Wasn't up. There pro league games last week. Well, pro league games last week. Yeah, there's. Uh, Isn't that news? Co- college hockey's underway uh, in in the yeah, states. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got the Rick Charlesworth Classic here at the moment. The Malaysian Hockey League's underway. I want to see the presentation ceremony. So the Charlesworth Cup. See, classic <laughs> thing. Wow, there's a revelation coming up about oh. cups in our conversation oh, with Felix, isn't there? They're not all that they seem, Stick around. They? Stick, stick around. Felix Ooh. will be up very soon. We get, we get to the truth. And it was a great chat to him, too. Oh, Lovely fantastic, fun. fantastic. Really, yeah, really, really great chat. And uh, obviously a great ambassador for our game. Uh, news-wise, that's about it from me, John. You know, no, I've, I've got a bit of news. I've got breaking news. Oh. Well, it came out four hours ago, according to... No. Uh, well, you, you find it, and no, of course, uh, Twitterverse. the FIH have uh, signed a media rights agreement f- oh, with yes, For yeah. the Fans, FDF, in the USA and Canada. So obviously the Bleacher Report deal has gone by the wayside. This was announced by the FIH a couple of days ago. Uh, FIH Pro League broadcast partner since... Uh, an FIH... Bro- do, 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 do. The International Hockey Federation, I'll start at the start, hey. The International Hockey Federation signed a non-exclusive media rights agreement. Does that mean you can still watch it on Watch.Hockey? Uh, agreement with 24-7 streaming network for the fans, FTF, for the remaining matches of the 2021 Pro League season. An FIH Pro League broadcast partner since 2020. This new agreement, oh, that, it was on there already then. This new agreement covers the United States and Canada where the matches will be available either live or on demand. Or on demand. Or on demand. Not and on demand. Oh. So you can either watch it on demand after it's happened or live as it happens. Well, I don't know. We'll find out. Well, we we won't. In fact, I did look at the website, John. Oh, yes, you messaged me about that. Um, I mean, it's surprising for a, a, a a big media firm to have something quite as, as basic, you know, almost like a free Wix site where you just sort of you know put a couple oh, of Daddy? pictures oh, I reckon the kids at my 10 year old school could put something better together now commenting on the news FIH CEO Thierry Villeville said the FIH Hockey now. Pro League hockey at its best is not only a top flight competition for athletes but also a great event for hockey fans and for promoting hockey all around the world therefore we're glad to be partnering with for the fans to add to the exposure of the FIH Pro League, both in the USA 
where the women's team is one of the participants, as well as Canada. We are thrilled to continue our partnership with the FIH Hockey Pro League, said Dave Gross, president of Lax United Marketing. Now, I'm assuming it's LAX, maybe is that a lacrosse reference, or is Lax the way they go around uh, building their website? Uh, Lax United Marketing. The holding company that owns FTF. As FTF continues to grow its holding audience. Holding company. Whoa. Its audience. <laughs> hey, throughout, hey, throughout, hey, did you say holding company? Yes. Throughout the <laughs> ding, world. Ding, 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 ding. Partnerships such as this one for world-class field hockey will ensure we are delivering upon our brand promise to bring the best sports actions, actions for the fans. FTF, a multi-sport 24-7 sports network, is available in 115 million households via Samsung TV plus Zumo the Roku channel, Twitch, Distro TV, Local Now, Fanatis, Select TV, and Zingo. <laughs> oh, and also, sorry, I missed the one, and Bullshido. Uh, for more information on FTF, go to FTF Live. Ah, <sighs> uh, look, it's another outlet. Some Good. people might watch it. Yeah? Yep. Good. Do we have access to any of those things? We probably do. If you buy one of those um, sort of $200 get you any internet media boxes that you can break, oh, break all the Because uh, I know I've got, a, I've got a particular branded um, TV inside that has internet connectivity and wirelessness what, and all Sam, that Is it stuff. Samsung? It says Samsung um, TV. Oh, so, no, it's Samsung TV Plus. What's that one? Uh, Hisense, mate. No. You've got no chance. <laughs> but the big one inside is a Hisense and that does all that internet stuff but only on like Ones that yeah, come you with could it, probably, you I think, like, you could probably get a dongle to put in or something and get uh, one of them, pay a subscription for it. I think they're all pretty much subscription services there. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, fu- the future. It's future, very, future. It's, well, maybe it's very glow hey, hopeful and it's, we're, you know, we're, we're ahead of the game. Is four hours ago breaking? Yes. What, okay, well, it's what breaking. A, fr- well, fr- Friday evening. Yeah, it's Friday evening, so. folks. Um, four hours ago, according to the Twitter clock, The International Hockey Federation tweeted, We are pleased to confirm that the upcoming FIH Hockey Pro League matches, Argentina versus Germany, men and women, as well as Argentina versus the Indian men, will take place in the South American country on the initially scheduled dates, which are the 3rd and 4th and then the 10th and uh, 3rd and 4th for Argentina versus Germany and the 10th and 11th of April for the Argentina-India men's game. So that, well, that's good. We're playing international hockey. I'm sure there'll be great games to watch as just a pure lover of the sport being played. We, don't, we haven't got any pro league this weekend, have we? I don't know. But what caught my eye was... No, hang on, we're a weekly field hockey podcast, John. Surely you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, don't, let's, <laughs> let me get on with my news. Stop distracting me. That's what you do all the time. All right, cool. Okay. Also, four hours ago, according to the Twitter clock, the hook the, at Hook Hockey. Stephen Fenlater, hockey nerd. Oh, don't blame him necessarily. No, it, he's the only person who puts those tweets out. Okay, then. That's what Matt said. Latest round of FIH Pro League postponements for April. 12 of the 14 women's games scheduled postponed. Two of the six men's games have been postponed. 40 women's games still to be completed before May 30th, 16 of which need new dates. um, (laughs) China still have to play 14 games. And that was followed up by this tweet. Issue not quite as severe in men's competitions. Four matches require new dates, and those are within the same continent. 29 games to be played in May, with end of club season, Euros in June, and Olympics in July, August. It is one hell of a schedule out there for some. Oh, it's breaking gonna be, be at great. the same time. It's going to be great for the viewer, though, John. Um, All that hockey. Will it, though? Oh, it'd be brilliant. Non-stop, back-to-back. Uh, that frantic nature of, the, you know, they talk about trying to get attention in the world and, and trying to generate more viewers, trying to generate more fans, trying to generate... When you smash everything into such a small window, it actually it becomes 
unattain that goal becomes unattainable because you're not being able to generate any real narratives or um, stories within the competition. It no, is just I, smashed I, into I, itself and I, it loses I understand. The point. No, no, no. I, I, I understand that. However, were that the only period that the competition happened, maybe something like that could work. I think the big bash. Maybe in cricket in, in Australia, maybe it doesn't work quite so much now, but it worked at its best when there was a game on every night, different teams that were playing, and you could go in and watch it, or you didn't. Now we've got sort of different games available on different viewing platforms if you don't have this sub- subscription. But over a, a shorter period of time, when they had it over that sort of Christmas period of, would it be four weeks? Yeah, but the most they ever played was a double header. On, on any given day. So there would only be one game. There'd only be one game you were watching. But, but you know that you're watching Big Bash over that time period. At, in that in that time slot. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe a day or two off per week, mm. but pretty consecutive games for a, for a, a month period. I might be wrong with a month period. No, but, you're right. But, it's but you, longer now. But you know that that's Big Bash time. So you know that you can pop the TV on at 7 o'clock at night and you'll either be getting the end of a game from a later game over east or, or you know, the middle of a game here. Uh, maybe not so much now. Well, the games would start religiously at 4.30 Australian Western time, which is in summer at 5.30, 7.30. Yeah. So they're perfectly timed for the eastern states, the major television viewing area. Yeah. 7.30 at night, uh, and it was every night at that time, unless you got a double, like you say, a doubleheader, they might start earlier, or they'd have a game here in Perth that would start at the time that game had finished. Yeah, the league season, so yeah, maybe the suggestion is, I might, I might be saying this now, it's a four-week pro league season. Let's call it, let's make it a six-week pro, pro league season, and you gather in one spot for it. Ah, uh, but that's not what pro, that's not what Big Bash does. Well, no, Big no, no. Bash doesn't gather in one spot. It plays around a multitude of venues. Around the country, though, not around the yeah. world. So why yeah. couldn't the Pro League be held in one country but at different venues? Yeah, absolutely. So that's what yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. You've got to find that high-class facility, but if we're talking big, bold, packed, loud, big stadium hockey, we can drop in pitches... Maybe you can go to London and and, and play take... fives. <laughs> is that what you're talking? Is that what you're leading? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, all right, yeah, good. There we go. Pro league games on. Pro league games postponed. Pro league isn't going to work because it's based on international teams. Lots of hockey coming up for you to feast your eyes upon. Now it's probably time for you to feast your ears upon this fantastic chat. Fantastic chat. No, we're going to do this first. Oh. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. I don't think we need to because I did the little intro thing at the start of the chat with you. Oh, you might just oh. chop that out, though. It's... Keep going. Who knows, producer man. And now it's time for our feature interview on the Reverse Stick, and it's an absolute pleasure to have joining us Mr. Felix Denoyer of the Belgian Red Lions, a mainstay, a midfield superstar of the golden generation of uh, probably the most successful Belgian side in history. You'd, you'd have to say that. Felix, welcome to the show. Uh, hey guys, thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and great to have a yeah. genuine superstar. I mean, the, some of the hacks that we get on here sometimes, <laughs> Felix. It's just a pleasure to speak to you know a, a proper hockey player. <laughs> now we like to kick things off, Felix, with all of our guests, just to find out a little bit about your hockey history. How did you get into the game in the very first place? And you know, what 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 was it that attracted you to go and play hockey? Uh, well, I started when I was five or six years old, uh, and actually, um, it's uh, family related to Thomas Brill, that's now uh, the captain of the Red Lions, that um, I was uh, yeah good friends with, and um, actually the first time I went uh, to the hockey field was with them because they had hockey training. I just joined them. Uh, I loved sports in general, uh, but actually I was hooked from the start, so that's how I got into it. Uh, I started at Dragons, uh, and I've played there ever since, so it's been a nice story so far. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, um, first to youth, then uh, I think uh was with Jay Stacey, where I uh, made my first entry into the men's team. That was back in 2006, I think. 
been a long time. And then from there, I think uh, yeah, I made uh, little steps. And uh, from an amateur and from a kid with a dream, we realized some of them already. And uh, yeah, we're still looking to realize some more. Now, I did try and do a bit of backgrounding. I've got a, a friend over here who I knew was a friend of uh, a current Belgian international, not hockey-related at all, but somebody had gone to school with, and I couldn't remember who, so I messaged her last night, and she said, oh, I went to, it's not Felix, but I went to school with Thomas Briel. Now, Thomas was the year uh, above you at school, is that right? No, three years above three me. Three years, right, right. Okay. He, seems, he seems young, but he's actually uh, pretty old already. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the family connection. So it, it wasn't your family connection that got you into the game. It was being friends with him and, and his family's involvement. Yeah. Yeah, my father played a, a bit of hockey. And actually, my uh, grandfather, no, the brother of my grandfather played in the national team. But at that time, it was... Probably uh, everybody that just wanted to play uh, could. <laughs> That's what he said. So, um, so there has been a bit of background in hockey, but it's not that I really grew up into a hockey family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, my father uh, did a bit of everything. Uh, still does. Uh, same with my mother. Both obviously uh, like sports, but not uh, particularly um, into uh, yeah, uh, the hockey community from the start. But obviously, uh, the moment I started, my parents realized that uh, it was a lot of driving around. And uh, they supported me, actually, from the start because they, my mother always said I had a bit of a feeling that it could be become something special. Felix. So uh, and that was good that I was. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to ask you, did, uh, did you have a realization that you were um, good at the game at a young age? Or is, did that develop as you went along? Um, well, from a young age, you just, uh, you just enjoy the game, uh, basically. And then at, in Belgium, from your 12 years old, when you're 12, you start to play in, uh, like, uh, divisional teams, so provincial. Um, and then from there on, it's the first time actually that you get in touch with all the best players of your age. So it's quite a, quite a stressful event. And you always started with, um, physical. Uh, physical test and I was quite lucky that at young age I was quite good physically so from the start I could like uh, get myself in, in the picture and yeah I have to say the first one or two years I didn't really um, I made a team but I, I don't think I was one of the, the main guys and then I think uh, at 15, 14, 15 years old then is where I realized that uh Maybe in the future it could become uh, something uh, something more, uh, and I realized that um, yeah, I was uh, probably one of uh, the better players in my age category together with some others. Now, Felix, one of the things that I love the most about looking at your profile, and you've, you've just mentioned it before, you've been a KHC Dragons player for all of your life, and that's something pretty rare, particularly at your end of the game. Can you share a bit about the club and what it means to you? Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty special to play for the whole, your whole life uh, for the same club. And I have to say, every time I get to the club, I still feel proud to represent uh, the goals of Dragons. So I've been a bit lucky that I started at the club with such ambitions as well. So uh, over the last 10 years... Um, um, I, I think we never missed the playoffs. We won six titles. Uh, we've done a pretty good job. We won four medals at the EHL. Not uh, not uh, the not one the we color. still want, but uh, not the right color yet. But uh, yeah, like I said, I've, I've always challenged the club as well, and they have challenged me. So at a young age, um, I was able to play with some of the best uh, players uh, and. Get coached by some of the best coaches coaches in the world, and um, so obviously um, I'm thankful to get that opportunity. And uh, the moment I became a, a better player, that was one of my um, yeah uh, criteria to stay at the club is that they uh, would have the same ambitions over the years. So oh, always being able with the team we get to play for titles, to play for medals. And um, they've always been able to uh, to do that. So 
it's kind of a really good combination between uh, or a relationship I have with the club and uh, we're trying to push each other forward and uh, it's been working pretty well for the last uh, couple of years. Now with around 1,500 members, you're one of, one of the biggest, if not the biggest club in Belgium. What's it like to play at the Mansion of the Dragons in, in front of all of those <laughs> uh, dragon supporters, players and, <laughs> and fans? Yeah, it's brilliant. And I have to say, so you have the team, you have the club, but we have our famous beast side as well that a couple of years ago started like trying to be uh, special, uh, a voice like a 12th man next to the pitch. Uh-huh. And uh, they're also famous actually, even in the EHL, like the EHL sound of uh, yeah, the dragons is, is something special. So um, it's, yeah, it's been great to see how the whole club actually evolved over the last years. And um, now it feels like there's a bit of a generation switch. Uh, so um, the D side is um, getting on some youngsters that are doing a great job. So they're really invested in uh, defending uh, the colors of dragons next to the pitch and uh, motivate the players on the pitch. We have some uh, young guys coming through. Um, also... Um, for example, Hans Boslap, which has been our president for the last years, really enthusiastic. He's also more into a consultancy role, and we have uh, now uh, new people trying to uh, steer the ship in the right direction. And uh, yeah, it feels good to have like the same value, the same uh, DNA, but uh, with different people. So uh, let's hope that yeah, the first step of the legacy we build, that we can continue that for a very long time. That sounds great. Is there a a particular club song or or catch call that that they make that you you want to share with us something you know that that perhaps we should learn if we come come and watch KHC play one. <laughs> uh, so the quote from the the, the club is in uh, in Hoxie Novinke, so it's Latin from "In this sign you shall conquer." Uh-huh. So that's something, and um, we always see uh, Dragons is a, a team above all, but above all a team. So in the broadest sense of the world, board. and uh, we're trying to uh, get some uh, songs from all over the world, from uh, yeah the most uh, famous uh, supporter groups, and uh, try to tweak it a bit to make it a bit uh, more dragon-like. And uh, that's a work in progress because it would be great to have like uh, a D-side at a certain moment singing for 60 minutes uh, alongside uh, us winning games. That would be brilliant. And uh, uh, post-game nightlife happening at the Dragons as well, Felix? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have to say in the past it was, uh, it was a bit more than uh, it, it, it's now, especially with uh, the international players that are uh, having a, a full-time program as well. So uh, that's also an evolution that has been um, part of uh, hockey in Belgium is at the start we were like... Uh, partying a lot and uh, not uh, necessarily um, performing <laughs> and uh, now when we party we party hard because we're performing it's a bit uh, an evolution but I have to say obviously around the hockey pitch there's always good party to find like the D-side loves it and um, I'm sure if you come over to uh, to the mansion that uh, you'll be charmed by <laughs> The way we uh, we share a beer. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> We're there. I was a bit, a bit concerned because obviously I, I didn't have any doubt that you'd be partying. I thought with the influx of the Irish players over the past few years, though, it might have heightened <laughs> a little, little bit. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, I think everybody loves a good party. So, uh, and it's great uh, what hockey brings is uh, yeah, what you're saying is that uh, brings different cultures together. So um, it's always uh, great to share. Some stories, uh, and um, the yeah, third half is also a very important one to build a real team. So it's part of uh, being a hockey player, of course. Now, we know that you're off to club training shortly, and I'm intrigued, and I'm sure the listeners are as well. Um, firstly, what club training looks like, because that's a, um, a, it seems to be a daytime operation there for you, but then how that then fits into your national training and what, you know, generally yeah. what, your, what your week look like, looks like outside of games. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. So with Belgium, actually, we are now in a, almost a full-time program, uh, especially leading up to uh, big tournaments like the Olympics, like uh, European Cup or like World Cup. So what works really well is the federation with the clubs. So 
for the moment, uh, we're in a part-time program because we have uh, the league go- that is going on with the clubs. So it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, almost uh, full-time with the national team where we, uh, depending on uh, what cycle we are in, uh, it's uh, once or twice a day that we train. It can be uh, gym, it can be hockey, it can be workshops. Um, so uh, scouting can be very different depending on the load we're trying to hit that week. And then uh, on Friday, which we're in double with the club um, during the day, which is also good uh, to have the night off. And then Saturday is rest day and Sunday is a league game. So that's a normal week. Um, if you're not an international you would train uh, at Dragons. You would train on Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday night, and Friday double. And you would be supported by uh, um, yeah, a gym program that you would do two or three sessions a week. Wow! So that's that looks like it. Yeah, it's it seems like a bit of a dream for us sitting here in Australia to be able to afford that much time for your number <laughs> your number one side in your club. To geez, I mean, it's a struggle to get yeah. the blokes down for two sessions a week sometimes. That alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that that seems to be a huge gap from what happens at at club level here, Felix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's actually a dis- an ongoing discussion because obviously for your international player, uh, for the level, it's good to be together. Yeah, uh, but. For the young potential, it's good to have your international players at the club because uh, from what I've heard is when the international players aren't there, the level drops. So obviously it would be better to uh, have an international player to be there most of the time at the club to be able to develop uh, your youth and in, uh, in the future of uh, Belgium hockey. So it's always trying to find the, the, yeah, the perfect balance between um, national team and the clubs. And for the moment, they work well together. Uh, so I think that's going to be an ongoing challenge to uh, make them work together uh, in the future as well. Something that we witness here, and it's undoubtable that anybody that watches a watches the game couldn't witness from around the world, is the tightness of the group that you've got within the Red Lions. That sense of team, and that's obviously been part of your, you know, the what's, what's taking you to the successes that you've had of, of, of late. Was there a some kind of moment that sparked? You know the the revolution and the rise to going on to win the World Cup in 2018, and obviously holding the position as the world's number one team still today. Well, it's been a long journey, so revolution I wouldn't say. So I think we've made. So what you're saying about the team is, is correct because we have players like uh, Tombo and like Smogunyar. Actually, most of the players we've been playing with each other for more than ten years, yeah. so we know each other really well. We see each other uh, more than our family. Uh, sometimes I joke with uh, a noble that I see more than my wife, uh, which is partly true. Just don't mistake the but, uh, so <laughs> No, I, I won't. Well, just don't, um, just don't call him so... darling. Sorry, sorry, Felix, just a bit of fun. <laughs> I could, I could. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're really close to, with each other. We've been through a lot of, um, yeah, different experiences together and that's I think what uh, what we feel as a group as well that we're more than just uh, 16 players uh, wearing the same jersey we, we've been through a lot together and um, outside of that obviously we had uh, different coaches that reflected us and um, that's where we made small steps every time and uh, it's been a long journey so we had Actually, four cycles, that's how we look at it. So the first was uh, before Manchester was close the gap. So the idea was to, at that moment, we were outside of the top 10 of the world. We wanted to come into the top eight because if you're uh, consistently in the top eight, you start to play in the most important tournaments, you play against the better teams, and you get the opportunity to play the best in the world and uh, to try to compete with them. So that was the first one. Then uh, we were able to uh, qualify for the Olympics in Beijing. So the, that was a yeah, real big experience, but actually the, the, the spark of the next steps. So after that, we was uh, keep the flame burning. So what was really important for Belgium hockey is that we could qualify again four years later to, uh, for sponsorships, for visibility, for, for everything, to uh, continue the program. Um, 
So then we qualified for uh, the Olympics in London. Uh, we finished fifth, which was uh, again a step. Uh, after fifth place, uh, you try to look ahead. So uh, the next uh, slogan was uh, push to podium. Then we uh, got uh, into six finals where we all lost them. So we were a bit of afraid that we were going to get called the silver generation. And then leading up to the World Cup, we were really determined uh, yeah, to make that last step, even though it wasn't, it wasn't easy. But we're happy that uh, we can now call the next cycle full position to see uh, how we can uh, stay, stay up there. Uh, Felix, you mentioned the, the six silvers there. Um, now, yeah. I, I've, I've spoken to uh, uh, other Olympic athletes or athletes at the high levels that are getting to those medal positions, and they often talk about this idea that it's better to win the bronze because you don't. It's the silver medal is for the team that loses. You don't win the silver medal, or that's the yeah. mi- that that's the mindset. Would, would a would you agree with that? And how hard is that to to break mentally? I mean, because a silver medal is a bloody good achievement, mate. You know? It's, yeah, it's, I know, I know, I understand. <laughs> yeah, and uh, honestly, whenever I think about that silver medal, uh, yeah, I still get emotional because it was such, yeah, like. Getting into the Olympics in Beijing, getting into the Olympics was brilliant. Yeah. It was a dream come true. And then I remember seeing, um, yeah, the final at, uh, at the Olympics and with Thomas Brills, we said, yeah, we ne- we're never going to reach that level. And then 10 years later or eight years later, you get into the final. You, it's like, yeah, you beat the Dutch in the semifinals. It's, yeah, it just never been, been done before. So suddenly you already, have a, an Olympic medal around your neck. And then I think the, the competitor yourself is like, did, so the silver medal we earned is still an amazing achievement. The only thing is that we don't feel we lost to a better team. And so the process we had to go through is um, the first time, it was the first time we got into that, that position. And so um, I have to say that um, the emotions that, we had to went, go through as a team were yeah, totally different than a couple of years later when we won the semi-final in the World Cup. Then it was business as usual and we were there only for one thing and it's to win the final at least, give ourselves the best shot. And that's, that is what made the difference in the final against Argentina in, in 2016. Uh, they have two corners, they make them. We have six corners, we don't. The first corner they score, we actually called what they're gonna do, but we, uh, we don't run out properly. So details make the difference at the high stage. And yeah. we felt that it was a bit of a missed opportunity, but yeah, whenever I walk by my Olympic medal I, I, and I open it, it's still, uh, yeah, it's a great achievement, obviously. Oh, I don't want you to tell us specifically in the house where it is, but is it tucked away in a drawer somewhere or up, up in a display case? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's next to my desk, so uh, it's close in a really nice box. So whenever I go uh, <laughs> uh, by, uh, sometimes I just open it, just look at it, uh, feel it because it's quite heavy and it actually represents well uh, all the blood, sweat, and tears you put into it. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's good. It's, sometimes it's nice to reflect on what's been uh, what we've been through already, and uh, it motivates to continue on the on that journey. Now, Tokyo will be you heading into your, your fourth Olympics and the same for a lot of those teammates. And like you said, you've been together on this journey for 10 plus years. Um, there, and you mentioned Argentina, which is kind of quite apt. We look at Argentina now and perhaps they've been aging a little bit and they're not quite where they were. And perhaps, dare I say, a few players have hung on a little bit too long. <laughs> Where are we looking for Belgium going <laughs> forwards in, into the future? Can we, you know, is, will there be a mass exodus and, and some holes that will need to be filled there? Or do you think mm. there's that good quality coming through that it can be a seamless transition? Well, that, that I think, uh, the young players that are coming through are actually, uh, really impressive. So, uh, that's also, I think, part of the, our program and our job as more senior players is try to, the moment uh, you leave, so we say try to leave the shirt in a better place. So you get the shirt uh, when it's your moment and um, try to add value in the moment you can uh, hand it over to the next generation. Let's hope that you give them the platform 
to be able to do the same thing and perform perform at the same levels with kind of the same um, values. So I have to say, a couple of youngsters coming through are uh, yeah really impressive. For example, a young athlete, the Slover, that got named uh, Young Player of the Year. Uh, his development has been really impressive. And uh, there are a couple of others. So uh, our second goalie, Loic van Dore, which uh, it's too bad for him, but he's just behind the best goalie in the world. Uh, that has been, uh, yeah, that also has a really interesting story of his own, but uh, it's impressive. Um, the evolution he has been through, been going through, but I'm sure that uh, Loic has the same capacity. And we can go on. So I think Belgium uh, is in a really good spot regarding, regarding that. And uh, the next generation will follow up. Now, have you? Oh, sorry, have you? Have you had a, a regular teammate? Uh, sorry, a roommate through you, through your travels? Is there somebody you always bunk up with? Yeah, always with Thomas Bill from uh, <laughs> 2007. So we've been through a lot together. Uh, it's uh, interesting because we're quite uh, different uh, characters, but um, yeah, to, together we it seems that. Uh, yeah, it seems that it works well. So, uh, on the pitch, off the pitch, uh, after tournament, also, also put a lot of fun. And, um, he was my best man, uh, at my wedding as well, uh, next to my brother. So, uh, it feels like a, a brother to me. Now, this is just, this is just a question off the record. And there's nobody listening to this <laughs> whatsoever. But you've got, you've got to give us a little bit of gossip. Maybe some of his, his worst habits um, that you um, that you see when you are sharing with him. We won't tell anybody, and we so, certainly won't bring it up with him when we interview him in the future. <laughs> his worst habits. Um, wow. Well, he um, he really loves to uh, sleep naked. So sometimes, um, whenever I wake up and I'm not sure where I am, it's kind of uh, yeah, yes. He just feels comfortable with me around, but uh, if you tell it to other people, <laughs> I've seen it all before. So more than his girlfriend at the moment. So uh, we know each other. We know each other pretty well. <laughs> now, would it be true then that that was the inspiration behind the Naked Hockey brand? Oh, um, well, he he definitely wasn't, <laughs> but. Um, but uh, no. no, it's a, a yeah, real nice challenge for me, uh, that new chapter. So um, getting into uh, naked, being part of the company is uh, something cool. I, I, yeah, that's based about leaving a legacy. So I'm really passionate about hockey and uh, I would love to continue to add value uh, to the game. And uh, with, with naked, I get like uh, kind of an opportunity to do it now still uh, as a player. But once I retire as a professional player, I hope I can continue to do so um, after my active playing career. So it's been uh, a nice uh, challenge so far. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, really cool looking forward as well. What, what stick are you playing with at the moment? I'm playing with the uh, Lobo Supreme. So a 38 and a half inch, uh, 530 grams. So, uh, yeah. That's the stick I play uh, now. Uh, through my career, I've changed sometimes just uh, to have a better feel. But now I feel this is the best stick that uh, supports me with all the skills I use to impact the game. So a low ball for uh, high balls, uh, for flicking, uh, for uh, skills as well. Um, for youngsters, sometimes I would recommend to uh, they all want uh, really big bows and, uh, and all the the yeah special stuff. But sometimes it's also good to go back to the basics because I think uh, if you yeah uh, get your fundamentals down well, you master your basics, then uh, you're gonna be a good hockey player. So start with that and then try to uh, special specialize. That would be my advice. Now, if I um, wanted to get a naked hockey stick and play with naked, just like Felix, where would I be able to find one of those, Felix? Well, you can go to uh, naked hockey. Uh, as simple as that and uh, you can check the website obviously uh, I'm trying to be uh, pretty active on socials because uh, I've always loved it as a youngster as well to uh, check out some skills uh, actually started with uh, N1 mixtapes uh, which is street basketball I uh, just love the vibe around that and that's something we're trying to do with Naked as well 
is to um, yeah grow the sport, to grow the game with a nice uh, design, strip down uh, what's not necessary for, to perform, and um, really make yeah hockey cool actually. So that's the idea. Now, Felix, it would be fair to say that you'd be in the veteran class of international players. You've been on the scene for for a while, and you've been able to see the way the game's changed over a number of years. And I'm just interested to sort of get your thoughts on perhaps the the most, uh, well, your favourite change to the game, it's something good that's come into the game, but also something that you think we could probably get rid of in that time that we've that has crept in. Hmm. Well, I think that the, the evolution I um, went through is actually that uh, when Australia were, were really dominating men's hockey, that they actually changed the game by uh, being way more physical and trying to overpower teams. And that's uh, an evolution that uh, we had to go through as a team as well. And you see that athletes are built differently today than they were 10 years ago, uh, at least in Belgium. So... Um, Physicality has been uh, a yeah, big improvement into our game. And you see that actually youngsters coming through are struggling the first two, three years to uh, get up to that pace. And I think um, that's, that's good for our game because it makes it uh, uh, explosive and uh, really impressive to watch whenever you see uh, an international game when uh, two big sides go ahead of it um, against each other. It should be impressive. And, uh, I think that's really good also with self-pass, for example, that um, the game doesn't uh, uh, get stopped. So there's always something happening. So I think that's a, a big change. Um, what I think could um, should change is yeah, the highball rules is always um, changing, but not very clear. But that's something uh, I think we have to look into. I think the, real, the rule that there are changing now is that uh, they would like just everybody to play on as long as it's not dangerous and I think that is uh, that is fair so um, around the circle it, it's always a bit difficult to uh, really assess whose ball it is but um, I think not adding too much rules is uh, making our sport thrive Now here was me thinking the, the Red Bull may have given you wings just to go over the top of the defenders <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that's uh, that could be. They, they've given me wings for a long time. What's cool about uh, Red Bull is that they supported me actually from the start and uh, literally giving me wings, supporting me from uh, yeah, the kids having a dream to uh, where I am today. And uh, so, it's, yeah, we have to have partners like that in our sport, I think, to make it thrive, but also for as individual athletes to uh, be able to um, live as full-time professionals. And uh, the fact that we did change that culture in Belgium uh, you see that uh, success is makeable some, somewhere if you have a good program and you have a good partners that support you along the way Now Felix I think everybody agrees one of the best feelings when you play hockey if you score a goal you feel really good that's, that's <laughs> one of the best but I would argue the second best feeling is laying a crunching tackle and I'd do you think we pay enough attention in our game to tackling? All the video highlights I ever see are of people scoring goals. Yeah, yeah I love I love uh, making assists as well. So a really good pass that splits a press, for example, and reverse is something uh, I would also love. So I've yeah. played with Tom Bone, for example, for all my life. He's a real striker, like uh, always in the circle, <laughs> even at training, just uh, asking me to hit balls uh, knee height. He would just Try to get a touch on it and score. So he's all about scoring goals. I would be more like uh, thinking about uh, yeah, hitting strikers actually in all different uh, kinds of forms. Um, but I agree. I think if you see top teams as well that uh, have been successful in the past, uh, we talk a lot about scoring, but actually the defensive structure and individual skill to be able to defend well is, is yeah, something that is underestimated. I think if you see Germany when they were top, uh, even Australia, uh, the Dutch when they won the, the European Cup, and uh, ourselves at the, the, the last uh, European Cup and the World Cup, uh, we didn't get a lot of goals against. And that's I, I totally agree that that is something that is um, uh, yeah underrated skill. And if you see players like, for example, Actis Andorra, 
um, who are extremely good at intercepting balls, at uh, winning one-on-ones. It's also um, a skill that is not easy to master, to be able to steal balls without making um, yeah, uh, faults. So I, I would agree. That's the beauty of the team game is we, we can't do it without one another. Now, I thought John being Johnny was going to link, yeah. in, link into uh, the big question that we always ask, namely, bring back the bully, yes or no? And we're talking about as the start of our games, probably the start of the, start of the game and, and the start of the That's second on. half, yeah. I don't exactly understand what you mean. Oh, All right. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, maybe Go on, John. he's a bit younger than yeah, us. Yeah, he's a I bit think. younger. <laughs> John being an old, an old man, he'll take you through it. Okay. Hockey games. Once upon a time. Yeah, yeah, many, many years ago on a planet far, far away, um, hockey used to start with the two opposing centre forwards facing each other, the ball in between. You know, like we have a ball. Uh, they, they would do it like, three uh, times. Hockey one, hockey two, hockey three was the saying. They'd hit their sticks three times and then take yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it like was, ice hockey. Oh, you can't say that on this show. (laughs) 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 Like a phase off, right? Yeah, Yeah. like because we have this feeling that um, we're still doing that training. It's uh, brilliant because it's the first one. uh, Yeah, it's the first matchup. You get each other in the eyes. You try to hit each other's stick. Maybe uh, take a little finger with you, (laughs) then game is on. Oh well, see, we we have this feeling (laughs) because hockey used to do that. You speak to people who've never played hockey, and still. been 30 or 40 years, but they all remember doing that. They all remember the bully. Uh, they will say, oh, hockey oh, one, one, hockey, hockey two, hockey, hockey three. three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the bully like somebody who would annoy you, a bully, but uh, now, uh, yeah, the bully. Now, uh... <laughs> well, we, we think that that's a far more attractive way to start a game than, than, than a centre pass. Or a pushback you know, or whatever they call it. It still it. remains yeah. a unique selling point of the game. Yeah, good idea. I would be keen. Right, so that's a yes. Put him yeah, on the yes, yes. list. Fantastic. Yes, yeah, We've got more yeses, yes, yeah. more yeses than no's at the moment. We're getting a big Christmas card list. <laughs> now, Phoenix, we're, we're getting towards the end. A couple of questions. So we'll start off with the Broken World Cup trophy. Any uh, inside knowledge on that one? <laughs> you, you should ask Victor when you... <laughs> right, put down Victor but, uh, for, for that one. Okay. Victor when you're young guy. That, that's his <laughs> Took story, some pictures it? with it, came back without the stick. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, it wasn't the, the, I think, uh, some things happened in the past because we couldn't take the real World Cup to the hotel and to the party. I think, uh, yeah, they were right. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. So there's a body double for the World Cup. Oh, interesting. Yeah, exactly. So oh. the real World Cup comes with, uh, like, uh, through the bank and everything. And, uh, so we got it on the pitch. Could take some pictures and then we got like a, yeah, a fake one to take to the hotel and to uh, travel with us and then we get we got the the real one back uh, in Belgium how, how fake is the fake one Felix would would you be able to get away with passing uh, it off as a real thing <laughs> no no the honestly the real one is really a beautiful cup yeah. like the details on it uh, you feel that there's a lot of heritage and uh, it's brilliant it's uh, just looking at it. It's uh, it's tough, but yeah, it's a shame that we couldn't take it. Um, luckily, after we organized a team barbecue with uh, all the parents and the families, and, and we were able to uh, bring the real in World in Cup. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we enjoyed it. Oh, great stuff. Well, we did learn something there, then, John. Thank you, Felix. Um, just about to, about to wind things up, Felix, but uh, this is one for you. What's the best question that no one's ever asked you? Hey. Not you, John. I Felix. don't understand that question. Oof. That's something I'll have to think about. You know, what's, something um, you, what's, something you, what's, what's something about your, your hockey history that you've always wanted to let people know, <laughs> but nobody's ever asked you? Uh, actually, an interesting one, and not a, a lot of people know it, is that I'm colorblind. Oh wow! So uh, what that means is, if we play in red with uh, the red lines, then we would play Pakistan or South Africa in green. Oh. That's really difficult for me. <laughs> okay. So whenever, uh, so now our team manager obviously obviously knows, but sometimes it ha- still happens that we would play red versus green or uh, or colors that I can't see uh, properly. 
So, uh, yeah, that uh, doesn't help me when I'm trying to hit strikers, obviously. <laughs> Does it, uh, yeah. Has, so, that uh, been a, has that ever been a problem when perhaps you've been talking to umpires? <laughs> the red and the green thing, the mix-up? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was, yeah, exactly. So when I was young, I couldn't see which colors. And so I learned that actually green is a triangle, uh, yellow is a square, and red is a round. Is, is round. Oh, so then, uh, actually, pretty quickly, I, uh, I could... Um, Make a difference because at, uh, when I was younger, I, I used to ask my uh, team players, like, what did I get? <laughs> well, imagine, so, uh, imagine complaining yeah. about the green, thinking it's a red, and then getting a red because you were complaining about the green. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, that never happened yet, so we'll see in the future. Okay, just send uh, Colin Batch that little bit of information. Yeah, Cha- changing Australian colours to green. Yeah, <laughs> yeah more, more green than gold. <laughs> yeah. Well, Felix, thank you so but much. For example, yeah, during oh, yeah. No, no, I was just saying that during tra- during trainings, uh, I wouldn't wear bibs, so that's a good excuse. Oh, because <laughs> yeah. if you have yellow, green, orange bibs against non-bibs, then uh, it's better for me to play with the, the non-bibs, and I just play against the bibs, whatever, whatever color they are. Well, we're never exactly sure whether they've been washed or not from the previous <laughs> session, anyway. Are we? No, they never are, are they? <laughs> no. No, never. Just Even if thing. they've had three three cycles, they never smell like they've been washed. That that's coming, no, Felix. Uh, often, yeah. That's coming from a man that hasn't washed his club shirt for hey. over five years now. But he's uh, he's won a few back to back over forties and over fifties uh, premierships. Yeah. Don't wash it. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. Don't wash never, it. Never, never wash it when you win something. Yeah, yeah. just celebrate in the in the sweat. I love it. Five five premierships, Felix. Never once washed. Just take it off straight after the game. Hang it out when you get home. <laughs> Not, nothing wrong. Brilliant. With that. And you keep the kit man happy as well. I'm oh, sorry, his his wife happy as well. Then, uh, Felix, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. We, we wish you all the success for the rest of the club season um, with Dragons because you're you're back up and running again there now. And of course, with Belgium going yeah. forward uh, this year into the Olympics and all the other funny games. Have you have you got some more pro league games to come? Or because I saw some have been cancelled uh, today. Yeah, we have some. We have some. We played quite a few already. Yeah, so we're in a pretty good place. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think in May we're going to play uh, some. Yeah. Fantas- yeah. Fantastic. So, so thanks for thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. It's great. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll we'll speak again sometime in the future. And of course, good luck with naked hockey. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You are listening to the Reverse Take the Global Hockey Podcast. Thank Your you name for is. Joining. My name is Matt Allen. His I'm name John is Johnny. Oh. Um, we haven't done it. So if you're new to the show and you're maybe questioning our hockey pedigree and you just wonder who are these blokes. Well, well, uh, hang on, hang on. What? Thanks to Felix. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. Sorry, I was going to Remember gonna talk, that I, interview we just no, did? No, I was going to talk about our hockey history. Oh, of course, yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing about Felix's <laughs> hockey history. And, Way uh, on top of this we are. It's all about the play. Wait until the left field thinking cross versus, uh, versus podcast comes out. Feet. That's proper planning. Oh. Yeah, we're playing that one out well. No, what a delight. Felix was fantastic, wasn't he? Like, and the best thing is, we do our little thing at the end of the show where we ask people to just say, you are listening to the reverse stick, level hockey. But my name is, you're listening yeah, to the yeah, reverse. Yeah. He's the very first person to nail it. He, he beautiful did. work. It was I, absolute beautiful work. I can't Professional. That. <laughs> True Whoops. professional. Yeah, unlike us. Um, did you just blow into your microphone? <laughs> Um, sorry about that, folks. It's not very professional at all. You know, it was great to talk to him and uh, vindication. Of what? Oh, bring back the bully? Well, that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking shirt. Vindication. I was uh, vindicated. Uh, yeah. If, if Felix Denier says it's brilliant, I'm going. No, in. no, you were happy about that. When, oh, I was. could see the smile on your face when he said it. Mm. Uh, really, real pleasure. And uh, yeah, go and check out Naked Hockey and drink more Red Bull. What was the other is that stuff? A message? <laughs> yeah, that's it. What was the other stuff you're going to talk about then? I've got other two, and I rudely interrupted. No, 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 I don't think I have. No. To acknowledge our guest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can't remember what it was. Doesn't really matter, wasn't it? Um, that's probably about time, anyway, John. People don't need to listen to any more of us. Thank you for joining us.
for episode 184 oh, on, of the reverse stick. Do this as you say, start talking, and then I put the fader up like that. So it sounds before professional. Before I leave, a big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Oh, yeah, yeah. We really appreciate your help in us making this podcast and furthering our hockey podcast endeavours. Even your writing, you're working on something for Hockey World News right now. Yeah, and, and I'm struggling big time, just yeah. quietly. It's a big thing. But if, you, if you'd like to come support us on Patreon, you can do. Go to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. We would appreciate your support. Love you, patrons. And love all of our listeners, John. Thank you, Matt. Take care, folks. Um, I was going to say love you, then I'm like, I don't. Hey, well, if, if you listen in to the uh, reverse stick versus left field thinking, uh, then you might get an insight into uh, Matt's thinking on the game of hockey. Yeah, yeah, and also, he's such a supportive Tony, podcast. Uh, don't ask him to open your beer. <laughs>